name is Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast. The movie <laughs> this week is Thor. Uh, we're going to be spoiling it, so if you haven't seen it, you might, you might want to... Uh, I'm just warning you, there will be Thor spoilers on the way. Uh, let me tell you who's with me here today. I'm joined by uh, Christian Bukowski. Uh, it's pronounced Meow Meow. <laughs> oh, uh, dingus, I love that line. Uh, and also uh, Kelly Wand, who uh, hopefully has a Thor-related tagline for us this week. He puts the duh and der back in God of Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> that was that. I, that should that could be on the poster. That was very nice, Kelly Wand. It's better than a lot of things on the poster. What is the actual Including. tagline of Thor, by the way? He came. <laughs> Left again. <laughs> I think it's just he came. <laughs> that came. That's okay. Maybe I'm thinking of The Hangover too. <laughs> Saw a lot of bus stops this week. Long story. Uh, Dingus, tell us tell us a little bit more about Thor before we uh, chase people off with a with a more spoiler laden synopsis. Give us give us the basic more spoiler laden than he came even. <laughs> um, this week we saw Thor. A 2011 American superhero comic book movie about the god of thunder, as as Kelly Wand. Uh, He's not American. Um, He's not well, I would disagree with that, actually. Okay. Uh, he's uh, about the god of thunder being banished to Earth. Uh, Thor was directed by Kenneth Branagh and written by Ashley Miller, Zach Stentz, and Don Payne. It stars Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Anthony Hopkins, Tim Hiddleston, Stellan Skarsgård, and I say all those names so I can get to Kat Dennings. Uh, the, film, <laughs> the film is rated PG-13 for sequences of intense sci-fi action and violence. Also, one ass, three hells, one damn, three gods, and two boilermakers. Who's ass? <laughs> uh, I think just the word. I don't think, yeah, there was any vis- there was no There was no ass visual as far as I know. Tom, do you feel every movie that shows people drinking alcohol should be X-rated like you do with cigarettes? Don't cigarettes get you an R? The No, wait. Is it teen smoking that gets you an R? I, I've lost track of the standards. Suffice to say, I approve of them, whatever they are. Okay. <laughs> Spoken like an American moviegoer. An American superhero aficionado. Oh, I am. If you guys have any questions, well, we'll get to source material in a minute, because, boy, I... Source I, material. Get it? Eh, very good, Kelly Wan. See, I'm best that. when I'm tired. And, which means I'll be. This will be the best podcast ever. I, I've been looking forward to the synopsis. By the way, yeah, uh, <laughs> I just finished it, so that means it must be good. Hot off the press. All right, give it to us. What is this? Uh, what are you going to call this week's synopsis? Thorpsis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which I think is said in the movie. Every, uh, or maybe I was just hearing it in my head during a lot of the dialogue. That's where it come. That's where it comes from. Do, do you know who Billy Thorpe is, by the way? No, why don't you hum a few bars? <laughs> yeah, I know Dingus has never heard of Billy Thorpe. All right, never mind. A minor rocker. No, from- wait, wait. I want to know. Tell me who fucking Billy Thorpe is. No, no, he's a, he's a very minor rocker from the 80s. Uh, mm. I, I didn't know if I was. I'm probably the only guy who's heard of him. When you thought of a, when you said uh, Thorpsis, my head just went right to a Billy Thorpe. Uh, Children of the Sun was his big hit. We all know that song, right? It's that Stephen King story. Starring Bruce Willis. Children of the Sun, but a son's a child. 
I think he was uh, an Olympic athlete, wasn't he? Billy Thorpe, that's where he went after he uh, did a couple of albums in the 80s. I, he opened for Foreigner at the Arkansas State Fair in 19... 19- oh. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, just, okay. Enough about Billy that's Thorpe. That's where I know him from. <laughs> Let's get on to your Thorpsis. What do, what do you got for us, Kelly Wan? Give us a Thorpsis. I'm looking forward to this. I'm Go. Uh, really? All right, I mean, you are right, too. Uh, okay, <clears throat> Thorpsis. Uh, yeah, Wait a minute, so now the, you say really, but come on, doesn't this movie, isn't isn't this, it, it's the perfect movie for a Kelly Wan synopsis, I think. I don't know, maybe you disagree. I mean, based on comic book source material? What are you trying to say? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait, and, and uh, I'll, I'll get a little more specific after you've given us the synopsis. about uh, why that's not right. That. I don't know more details. Did you guys see this in 3D, by the way? Because I did not. So this is a Thorpsis based on the 2D versions. So. Oh, there. So it might be incomplete. You're saying there's an mm. entire dimension of it that's missing. Rats. There's also an. Uh, there's a thing going on where there's like they sell IMAX tickets, but it's not an IMAX sized screen at AMC. Do you guys get that? You mm-hmm. have fake IMAX in your neck of the woods. What the fuck's up with that? Yeah, you need to move a little farther north. I think. It's like 14 bucks. It's like barely bigger than the normal movie screen. Yeah, they're just pulling the wool over your eyes. They can't get away with that up here closer to Hollywood. And they certainly wouldn't do that to us in the Valley. Right. I live in the sticks, and I this is that's what they do. Yep. Anyway, Thorpsis. <clears throat> okay, so the uh, chick from No Strings Borrowed uh, and the guy from Exorcist 4 and 5, which is how I think of them, and a chick named Darcy are measuring CG readings in the New Mexican Dessert. Uh, but because Mila Kunis is a stickler for accuracy, she runs a dude over with their Jeep. And Darcy's all, we hit a blonde man, back up, quick. So Portly backs up the half track and it bumps over Thor's spine, groin again. And they get out, but she left it in neutral, so it rolls back forward this time and then runs over all of them. And Darcy's all, where did blonde men come from? And they all look up expectantly and simultaneously at the heavens, where there's a flashback shaping into view to an era when Vikings were invaded by CG ice pixels that wanted to start an ice age, but the Vikings made war with them because Vikings love tropical weather. But the Norse gods came down and beat them with CG, which is why we celebrate Christmas. And uh, Odin has two sons, this handsome blonde one who wants to kill everything and get drunk, and a greasy brunette one that showed up out of nowhere right after the frost giant battle and always melts when he eats cooked food stands near the hearth or watches Sif bent over. Huh? Did you guys hit that? <clears throat> anyway, uh, because Odin's wise, he decides to retire and put the loose cannon in charge rather than the one whose nickname's the God of Mischief. Because those are... Because <laughs> what else is he going to do? He's got Sif's a woman and his wife's Renee Russo. What are you going to do? So some frost giants sneak into his museum to steal a magic brick while he's swearing Thor in, but luckily they flip on the security CG and it puts them on ice. <laughs> Little elemental humor. So Thor's all fathereth, uh, and Odin's all nayeth. Be a thing a kingeth, meaneth not being interestedeth. In finding it out how these guys goddeth past Heimdalleth on the rainbow bridgest. So Thor goes to his grog hall to veg with his friends and Loki, the god of mischief. Not a friend, but he's there. And he's all, man, fucketh his eye patcheth. Fucking stupid death headeth. 
And Loki's all, well, you could just go to Jotunheim anyway and kill ice giants. How do you think they reproduce, huh? And Thor's all, yes! Wait, Sif and Johnston and Radar, you guys aren't headstrong dumbasses like me. What sayest thou? And they're all, yeah! Gunter, Glieben, Glouch, and Globen. So Heimdall lets them through because he serves the king. And they go through the Stargate and ask the Frost Giant King, Stinky, why he snuck in Odin to exhibit-sized museum, and he's all, you have traitors in your midst. And he stage winks at Loki, the god of mischief, and Thor's all, humpheth, this ought to heatest you up. And he throws his hammer through all of them, but the king, and an ice CG almost eats them, but Thor kills it by flying through its urethra. But Odin shows up and goes, oh, yeah, sorry, neighbor, kidseth today. How many did he kill? And Glacier President's all, uh, everyone? And then he's all to Loki, hey, you look familiar. And Thor goes, BTW with father. He said we had traitors in our midsteth. And winked right it, and Odin goes, that's enough out of youth. I'm sending you to the one place in the Marvel Universe where you can learn some manners and respect like the true Norse god, New Mexico. And he opens a particle routine, and he strips Thor of Mjolnir's, Mjolnir's, and his fucking hat. And he sends him to get hit by Mila Kunis' jeep. And to teach Thor a lesson, he sends the hammer there, too, but like 50 miles away. So you have to hitch a ride there. (laughs) Tough love. So Darcy tasers Thor, and they get coffee at a diner. And every redneck in the state tries to pull Excalibur from the desert mud, but it's too boring to lift. And some rednecks say it's 50 miles away. So Thor tells Mila Kunis that if she drives him there, he'll fly away on it. And he gets drunk with the exorcist guy, who makes him promise not to bang Mila Kunis unless he gets to watch. And back in Asgard, Loki tricks Odin by Odin going into a coma after telling him he was adopted. But instead of a doctor, they just put him inside a dandelion incubator, which makes Loki president. And Sif saw, we gotta find Thor before nothing happens if... But Loki's already president, so they kneel to him, but only in horror. And Thor breaks into the crop circle and kung fu's some highly trained uh, meteorologists from Afghanistan and Chechnya. But the hammer doesn't budge for him because he hasn't learned humility yet. So Agent Culpers interrogates him, but Loki comes out of the mirror and goes, Yeah, you're stuck with here forever. I did what I could, but you know how Dad is. Plus, he's dead. And Thor's all, well... You mayest be the god of mischief, but this time I believeth you. But Exorcist guy gets him sprung by trying to pass him off as a scientist doctor with a fake ID, so the government lets him go, and they let him take Milakunas' phone book, and he shows Milakunas her own picture of nine dimensions, and he goes, See, mortal wench, you were on the right tracketh by Krom. Here's Jotunheim, here's Candyland, here's Anaheim, here's the 91 East, here's a random pencil mark, here's a turkey I drew out of my hand, and here's your boob. Boop. And she's all, oh, Thor. And Sif and the other gods, Carrie Elwes and Gimli and some Asian dude, they show up at Arnold's and go, hey, Thor. And they tap on the glass and wave. But then Gort shows up and they kill it by jumping on its head. But it wakes up. So Thor goes, I have a plan. And his plan consists of dying. And Milakunas cradles his balls and goes, oh, Thor, what am I going to do with you and your dumbness? And he's all, I, mortal, at least thou beest safeth now. And she's all, uh, well, that thing just kicked your ass, and it's ten feet away, so not really. And he's all, thy knee beest crushingeth my pancreaseth. 
and Odin's corpse farts from his eye patch, and Thor dies. So I left. The end. <laughs> Wait a minute! But, and you missed the button, the little surprise button at the end. That what? for, for which these Fox movies, Marvel doesn't do that. They never have that. <laughs> talk. So you don't know that Michelle Rodriguez is alive. That's right. Wait, and from Battle L.A.? That was at the Battle L.A. Easter egg? <laughs> Maybe they mixed up she the reels. She alive in the last scene in the movie, so that's a surprising one. Uh, I Wait, did notice that, that Anaheim was extended full realm status in yeah. Natalie Portman's notebook. I was like, wow, Anaheim is its own realm. That's that's pretty cool. She'd found all nine of them, too. She was on the right track, and she'd drawn nine circles, and he immediately saw the nine circles and went, oh, right, these are the dimensions, and then drew the lines in between them, and that's like how he helped her figure out. <laughs> uh, I'll shut up for a long time now. Go! <laughs> well, now, Kelly Wand, you're our source material expert, so can we refer to you questions like, is that in the comic book? You know, Thor was my first comic book when I was a, an adolescent of 11 Mm-hmm. Well, maybe more like 19. But, um, you know, I was like, oh, Thor, he's a god, must be cool. And, like, the first storyline I got into was really awesome. It was like a false Ragnarok, like Odin causes uh, the end of the world, and it looks like they're all going to die. And then at the end he goes, see, we just did that, so now we're out of the prophecy. And then Thor was like, what? And then he left Asgard for, like, 50 issues. So does he talk funny? Yeah, they took that out. So I reinstated it. Fuck them. <laughs> that was Straczynski, by the way, the old man with the beard trying to pull the hammer out of the beginning. But I'm not, I'm not up on the new stuff. Like, apparently Jane Foster's... There's a lot of crazy shit going on now I'm not up on. Oh, new stuff? You mean like the current... There's a current Thor comic book that's still going? Yeah, it's and... like a Civil War, and there's scrolls, and uh, Elektra's a scroll. Do you know what scrolls are, Tom? Scrolls are all four elements of the Fantastic Four in one creature. Actually, come on. Was it, aren't I right or no? They're shape changers. Oh, I thought Thor they had something to do with the Fantastic Four coming together. No? Hey, Dingus actually knew what they are. Dingus likes comic books. You guys are Dingus both nerds. I'm the guy that's, I'm the hip one here that doesn't know the first uh, thing about this junk. <clears throat> you have, you, but you did this with Lord of the Rings. You like, hey, you Lord of the Rings, you say Tom Bombadil, hey, and then you read the books and saw the movies and became the world's biggest Tolkien nerd. Okay, but so I maybe, think there's there's no yeah, that's true. But there's no danger of that happening with this junk. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Wait, four rules? What are you talking about? All right, just, just uh, see how he fucked through, flew through those giants. <sighs> I don't understand <laughs> you. You know, you just I know why. I know what this is about. It's because it's a different religion than the one you were brought up with. Oh, because it's a whole different, like, yeah, that's right. Like other superheroes, you can reconcile with, say, baptism. Magic and science. Or, uh, yeah, or Lutheranitism. Uh, whereas Thor does kind of like Thor. See, if he was Jesus. Christianity. Yeah. Uh, well, like Asgard Jesus. is like a giant golden pipe organ. Oh, that built, thing, yeah, that was that that was like was that Asgard City Hall, that big pipe organ thing. Uh, I think that was just the bathroom. <laughs> Remember when uh, Fantastic Four came out and Doctor Doom was fucking lame, and then the dude who directed it said, "All right, in the second one, I promise Doctor Doom's going to have his full powers, like it's going to be totally like the comics." And then he was fucking lame in that one too. Doctor Doom, are you was, talking about the movies now or the comics? The, the movies. 
I, I don't read the comics. Anymore. I haven't seen either of those. I have not seen a Fantastic Four movie. I'm afraid. Uh, okay. Paul Walker, the Human Torch. Oh please, that's Captain America. Now see here, everything I know about comic books, I know uh-huh. either from video games or from stuff about movies. So before we talk a little a, a little bit more about Thor, Kelly Wand, the Avengers. Now uh-huh. this I I cannot imagine this is shaping up. I mean I know that this I guess this is all Paramount, right? They're 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 pushing all this stuff. It's like a bulldozer. They're just like just <laughs> shoveling a bunch of junk towards a big old Avengers movie. And at the end of Thor, there's even a little title card before the surprise endings you know secret easter egg thing that said door will return in the avengers so the avengers kelly wand correct me if i'm not mistaken it's thor nobody's gonna yeah. want to see that it's what? uh it's the hulk and the, uh now let me ask you about this is the hulk yeah. do they need edward norton for that or can the hulk just be a cg avenger like in the avengers does the hulk hang out as david banner I, it's bruce banner he's david on the tv show fool first off <laughs> Secondly, Thank you. I think they they got rid of Ed Norton because he was too much. He was too interested in the character, and that wasn't how Marvel wanted to run their properties. Okay, so so when they do an Avengers movie, it'll just be this Chris Helmsworth dude, uh, a yeah. CG Hulk. Uh, hold on, don't tell me. I, I know I know this. Uh, Iron Man, right? Oh, isn't Iron Man an Avenger? Or no? Yeah. So okay. is Cap. So there's all their money is hiring Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans as Captain America, I presume. Also, is the Avengers just four dudes? Is it like the Fantastic Four? The Chris Evans isn't Captain America anymore, though. It's that serious? other guy. It's what's his name? That's not Chris Evans, is it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I haven't watched the trailers. I thought Chris Evans was Captain America and Ryan. Am I Is that Chris no, Evans? Yeah. Oh, okay. And well, never mind. Is is, um, is Hawkeye going to be in it too? Well, there you go. He's in this. You get Jeremy Renner, but is he an Avenger? Like, I don't know this. Is the Avenger just four dudes, or is it a whole bunch? No, of- no, dude. For, you're forgetting about Hank Pym, Ant Man, later Goliath, <laughs> later Yellow Jacket, and he and his wife, the Wasp. I think they're both dead because Egghead. But they haven't been in any movies. Oh, oh, and you know what? Like, and I Vision and the Scarlet Witch. And what about Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow or the Black Cat, whatever uh, that's What? This is for quarter to three, dude. You're not you're not playing to the zone of the listeners. No, wait, wasn't wait. she introduced in the last Iron Man movie? Oh, it was Black Widow. Black Widow, right, 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 right. Isn't but she, if I say Scarlet Witch, you're not supposed to think of Black Widow just because they both have red hair. No, I said Scarlet. You said Scarlet, and so I thought Scarlet Johansson was also one of these, like, she was like a B-level Avenger. No, she works for S.H.I.E.L.D. But that's the Avenger. Okay, let me ask you this then. What's the, what, who is S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like, what are these dudes protecting us from? Al-Qaeda and Nazis (laughs) and Hydra, the anti-S.H.I.E.L.D., they're like the uh, Spectre, James Bond Spectre. It's always he's always messing around with. I thought Shield was good. I thought Shield was the good guys, though. They are, but so, they're also right. And, and Hydra, Hydra's the other one. Hydra's the evil Shield. Now, the is evil. Shield responsible for getting these Avengers together? Like, is Shield the boss of the Avengers? Yeah. All right. But then I think they break off. Okay, so what I'm getting at here is, so I've I've seen all of these movies and I that are leading towards this Avengers thing. This Avengers thing just sounds like it's going to be a colossal lack waste of, of <laughs> talent and and waste of time. And I just, I just don't see any none of these movies has done anything to make me look forward to seeing these people together at last. Uh, well, the team movies so they seem to have lost their way. 
like I'm an X-Men 2 apologist, but these X-Men movies are all they've just kind of degenerated into the same movie. And these and the other superhero movies, like this one is the same story arc as Iron Man and Green Hornet and one I'm probably forgetting where it's just like the no good son learns to drink vegetable juice and not be as big a wise ass. Yeah, that's an important John Connor. Yeah, so it should be rated a G. <laughs> but okay, so anyway, let's let's get Dingus in here. I just I I just have very little to say about this silly movie. I and, and the, everything involved with it. I uh, Dingus, you loved this, didn't you? You're a huge fan of Thor, yes? Uh, I liked a lot about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was to- I was counting on you, Dingus. All right, Dingus, what did you like about this? Yeah, tell me something about this movie that because I I can't remember a single thing about it. What's what's something about this movie that recommends it? Um, I think the destroyer, the size, the size of the movie recommends it. I one of the things I really like about it is that it feels like an an epic between worlds. Um, instead of like a dude falling to earth and then fighting petty criminals in a gigantic metropolis. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of silly that he winds up on a movie set somewhere in New Mexico. Um, but I really like the sense of, of the bridge between the worlds and that what's happening on this, on these other realms is somehow going to impact the, the universe or the world or the tree of life or whatever, whatever the mythology is. Mm -hmm. And so this going between worlds and, uh, that kind of power that that lends the movie was really really cool for me i didn't know that that was going to happen um i didn't really i don't i think the movie fails in its father son brother dynamic somewhat um but once thor gets around uh natalie portman that, that guy starts to really really do some nice stuff who is this guy dingus tell us a little bit about chris himesworth uh, I can't tell you a thing about him. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can him. tell you one thing about him. He's, he's in Cabin in the Woods, which is the Joss Whedon, not just the Joss Whedon Avengers. It's the movie that didn't come out, which I've seen. Do you know what I'm talking about? You don't know what I Cabin do, in the yes. Woods is? Yes. You teased uh, us about that last week, I think. I know. Well, now Thor. Now it's on my brain again because Thor's on it. So is this Chris Hemsworth fella, is he even American? Is that an accent? He's like a mixed martial arts dude. Am I right? He's Australian, isn't he? Oh, okay. Ha ha. Like Paul Walker. Uh, so he really does talk funny in the first place, so he's got that going for him. And is he not uh, – he's like a pro wrestler or something, yeah? Or did I just make that up? What? Okay. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know, but I, it's, I've seen him in two movies now, and that would surprise me. In Captain Woods, he's kind of like a motorcyclist. And those right. there's no overlap there. Huh, huh, dingus. <laughs> Felt the word appreciated. You know what, uh, though? I was kind of bummed when it did go to Earth. And I think what dingus, like, those were the weak parts for me. I liked it more when it was just cosmic shit happening. Like, that, that was the more exciting stuff in the comics, and that was more exciting in the movie. Tom just hates it. me. The destruction, the destruction on Earth seems entirely inconsequential because it's this. Yeah, it's a remote area. It's in like Puente Antigua, New Mexico, which really does look like a ghost movie set. And it doesn't feel like, you know, we're going to get all the people out of town and they're going to blow up some diners. Um, and a 7-Eleven. And, yeah, that's right. And and some miscellaneous cars. And uh, so, so I don't know 
how that really translates to everything, all the destruction that's happening in Asgard and um, and uh, Judenville. I forget what the name of the frost giant home is. Um, but I do get the sense of worlds being destroyed or the potential for worlds being destroyed, and I really like that. Hmm. Yeah, Tom. You obviously <laughs> hate Norsemen because you're a racist. So early on, I was I, – I, this movie is just not for me. I mean, I, this comic book stuff, I couldn't care less about it. It's ridiculous. I didn't like this Chris Himesworth fella. I just thought everybody was phoning it in, including Kenneth Branagh, the special effects teams. There's nothing here for me. However – I did kind of enjoy the early part of the movie if I were to think of it as a judgmental observation of the Bush doctrine. Like, right. let's go, let's, let's pro, <laughs> what happens when the reckless son following in his father's footsteps proactively attack a third party country that is, you know, pins the blame on them. Blameless. Blameless. Uh, yeah, and and he gets, uh, but that kind of went out the window. They didn't really go anywhere with that because they had oil. I mean, ice. I was just kind of left holding the bag with that one on my own. <laughs> so Loki's well, Jeb Bush, in your analogy, becomes more about uh, a study about porn, right? I don't know what you're talking about, Dingus. <laughs> what doesn't though? Ultimately. Uh, uh. So the, yeah, I uh, whatever. So and then they turn on. <laughs> Love it. Love Tom's hate of it. <laughs> I did so love delight. that scenes, though. I mean, every time she had a, they gave, they were kind enough to give her a line. The movie sort of came alive a little bit for me. That that was cute. Um, Wait, Darcy yeah. or Sif? Darcy. Darcy. We love Cat Dennings on this podcast, Kelly Wan. Get with the program. Wait, what, 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 what do we like her from? I forget. Well, she did that whole. I guess my first encounter with her was that awful Nick and Nora's Infinite playlist, which I hated the script for. It was just way too precious. But she is just so committed when she does parts. She's in a really weird movie with Jeff Daniels and Ryan Reynolds is a superhero called. I want to say it's called something like Paper Man. Or, it is. You're right. Yeah, and yeah. she's so good in that movie, even though it's so terrible. Uh, Dingus, what else have we seen her in? I can't remember. Oh, Defendor, of course. She's oh, great Defendor. in Defendor, the yeah. Woody Harrelson superhero movie. Uh, so those are her three. I mean, she just she's so natural with material. I love that girl. Uh, and it was another thing. So I'm watching this movie and, and seeing her just – I'm like, you know what? Get Natalie Portman out of there. Dingus, you, you were speaking approvingly of the, the chemistry or whatever, the scenes with Natalie Portman and Chris Hemdale or whatever – I I was like, you know what? It, get Kat Dennings in that part. She would at least give it a little spark, I, I think. Uh, just because I just I just couldn't care less about watching the, these two attractive, boring leads uh, doing their little obligatory romance. I mean, that's another thing. This by the time he's supposed like he's there for what two days? Like he, he yeah, comes, I know he's immortal too. So yeah, it's, it's, two days it's, for him. Is he's been alive. alive. Like when we first have that that dingus, he must have actually it didn't it didn't cheat as bad. But we we open with the little encounter where they drive over him, and then we get the title card Norway 975 AD, <laughs> and it, yeah. it flashes back, and uh, and and it doesn't even bother catching us up with a later title card. Like it just it's like we're just we're gonna, still in 975. <laughs> we're just going to give you a thousand years real quick uh, and catch up. Um, I wish they would have instead put a thousand years earlier. I, you know, that would that that would work, sure. But then, so then he comes to Earth for two days, 
Yeah. And are there like no chicks in? And what does she do that makes him go, "Wow, you know what? This chick's different." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't I just, get that. It, I agree script, with you. And the script is not in the script. Uh, there's nothing there. They do it's not, not in the performances. They kiss once, and it's an it's fine. But so, Dingus, you were speaking approvingly of the. I, I forget exactly what you said. I think you said you liked what. Well, explain, Dingus, why you would be approving of the Natalie Portman, Chris Hemingway stuff. Uh, I thought all of the a lot of the early stuff when he's trying when he's being all self-important and you know swinging around Mjolnir when he first gets it, which the reveal for that was so wanting, uh, and running around on Ice Planet Hoth, um, saying stuff like "Go" and "Let's go" and "Come on." Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff, or when he overturns the table for why? You know, I guess all they eat is gourds. When he overturns the table <laughs> and says, "It's unwise to be in my company right now, brother." You know, to the brother who couldn't be any more creepy. Uh, I I just wasn't believing anything he was doing. I thought, "Oh, mm-hmm. well, we're in for a long slog here because he can't do any of this." And then I thought the opposite of what you were talking about, Tom. While I really like Cat Dennings, I thought she seemed bored out of her mind. And um, Natalie Portman was nothing but spark. I mean, I thought she was just charming and a little bit awkward and bumbling, but Ugh. super cute. And <laughs> and there was a spark between them. And as soon as he got next to her in the car, I felt like he calmed down and started talking like a human being, which was really neat. You know, the this do you, do you think I'm strange kind of stuff? A good strange, strange. or bad strange? No, none of it makes any sense for where he comes from. I mean, uh, all of it is. I don't know if you would say anachronistic, but it's just exactly. It's exactly right. Um, but I thought that they worked really well off of each other, and, and he calmed down when he was around her, and I thought that really made the movie work. I would say, Dingus, at least for me, that I think it's just much more of a relatable situation. You know, all this silly stuff about overturning tables full of gourds and having a big CG battle against frost giants, all of that. There's no human element there. But just when you sit two reasonably comfortable, charismatic, good-looking people together and you give them even just a just basic dialogue, I, I think that's relatable. And so so I mm-hmm. agree with you that that's why the movie came alive because it finally rose to a sort of a bare minimum of something where I can enjoy watching at that point. Uh, ah. But I, I just it's like I, Natalie Portman. She's she's a lovely woman, and you're right that she's. I think you said cute or whatever you said, Dings. You're right. She's very attractive. But selling her again as a bumbling scientist who doesn't go out <laughs> and nobody likes. I mean, that sort of stuff. I just roll my eyes at that. Uh, you know, Kat Dennings could have done that. Like they could have had her playing the the sort of stuffy scientist who doesn't really know how to relate to the good looking dude. Um, or Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig, yeah. exactly, yeah. And so when you have, you know, Natalie Portman is is flat out gorgeous, and there's no way around right. that. She looks like a movie star. I'm hot, you're hot. We're in love, apparently. Right, right, exactly. But we're gonna make me put the cereal bowl in the cupboard. Ho, 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 ho. I just, I just get oh, so frustrated. How do you not find that charming? I love that. I, the she only... was just horny, though. Yeah, I don't know. I just. I... All right, okay. So what's something else you liked about it, Dingus? That's it. <laughs> um, did you guys get the Easter egg? 
Yeah. Oh, well, that, no. That, only that's the that, first one I had to have explained to me. And I well, what's to be explained? They, there's a magic cube, no, no. and now ah. Loki is uh, is possessing Stellan Skarsgård, and he's going to be the villain in the Avengers movie. Yeah? Yeah, but it's called the Cosmic Cube. Therefore, <laughs> I know more than you. And it, it's well, it's just a and, and it's it's just a D six without any pips. Is that its power? <sighs> I'm sorry. What what does the cosmic cube do, Kelly Wand? Nah, I'm not talking about. This is the last podcast we're doing. I'm very and upset what, that you don't know what the cosmic cube does. Here's what gets me more. Here's what I'm actually wondering during that Easter egg, which is supposed to be full of mystery and portent. All I'm wondering during that thing is, huh, I wonder how Samuel Jackson's character lost his eye. Yeah. He gave, it to, he gave it to Anthony Hopkins. Well, if it was the same event. Right. There, he had Odin had two eyes in the comics though for a long time. It happened like issue number three fifteen. Uh, I have a signed copy of it. I can. Odin is actually uh, the the real historical Odin is his having one eye is a pretty important aspect of his backstory. Just so you know. How does he lose it to the? Is Loki a frost giant foundling? No, I don't remember. That. That's all bull. All of that. That's all I mean, retconning. That's all retconning. Yes, just yeah, exactly. Uh, Wait, how does he lose his eye in RL? <laughs> uh, you know what? He, uh, I don't know, uh, but it's not. Name is two ravens, smarty pants. Uh, uh, one is called love, the other is called hate, and their Sad. names are tattooed on his knuckles. <laughs> <sighs> uh, let's see, tell me the name of one of the ravens, and I might be able to get the other one. Hugan, or Huggin. Huggins. Hugan? Uh, H- and the other is Snuggy. <laughs> you know, Hubble. That... You can make jokes all you want, but these are Vikings. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so. They would have uh, chopped you up, Tom. They would have stuck a fork up your ass. <laughs> uh, did you guys know that the the fellow? So who is the Japanese god of? Who, it's great honor to a B in movie about Norsemen. Now the thing is, you're making fun of this guy, but I love that actor. That actor plays uh, Ichi the Killer in a famous uh, Meek, I don't know how to say his name, Miki movie. Uh, and he's also the lead character in a movie I love called Last Life in the Universe. He's a Japanese actor who's very big over there. I'm going to butcher his name. His name is something like Asano Todonabu, I, I think. Racist. <laughs> but I love that guy, so I was excited to see he was in it, and then they they do nothing with him. He's the token Asian dude. He, he they did about it. They, I with guess the they, Asian lines too. They gave him the Asian lines and uh, yeah, Idris Elba. By the way, I'm I re- he's very yeah. recognizable and and you don't even watch The Wire and you recognize him. I know him from a, a Ultraviolet. You'd uh, know him from Stringer Bell if you were a real fan of television. Not familiar. Um, I think he was in The Office, Kelly, not The Wire. Yes, <laughs> that's what you're thinking of, Kelly Wand. Uh, but I think when when the movie makes fun of its own, well, you know what? I guess that's kind of a joke. I was going to say something where when the when they when they name the when they call the characters Xena, Jackie Chan, and Robin Hood, uh-huh. like it, that was the funniest thing because it was the truest. Yeah, to me. See, is there a but Renaissance what... fair in town? Yeah, I had been thinking that during the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. so that was the only fight, though. When we go back to it, it's like he—it's the destroyer. Like there was not a lot of fight in this movie. Well, then we have the like, great, uh, like the two towers, men with staves fighting kind of thing, where 
uh, uh, Chris Himdale and his brother fight. Yeah, I agree. It was a terrible fight. Uh, what other fight did we have? Yeah, oh, we have the smashing of the ice creatures. Yeah, the ice creatures. Uh, bloodless combat comic Which book. was really too dark to even see because I had sunglasses on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you love? Did you not love the 3D in this? Yes, I did not love the 3D. <laughs> I did not love it as well. Uh, yeah. Man, what was had, it, was there anything that was good? No, no, no. Because no, I was thing. watching, going maybe that in 3D would have been cool. Nope, absolutely nothing. Just you know. What about the rainbow? The rainbow not, bridge. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't remember any. Because in real life, when you see a rainbow, that's what's interesting about it, is it's kind of in 3D. Like, oh, ah. if I could get. Very good. Oh, wait, I'm not under it, but I'm under it. Wait, pot of gold. What the fuck? How did if that it get started? A, if it had been a double rainbow bridge, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I did kind of dig the the aesthetic of this floating chunk of land in space with a bridge to the... I, I don't know what that thing was that shoots them around. Like I, I kind of like the aesthetic of some of that, I guess. Also, the Greek gods are another of those... Floating islands. Yeah, like, Just like of Titans. Right. Uh, <laughs> you always have to go to Titans. So you. No, but there was really absolutely nothing in the 3D that was worth seeing. And so much of the early stuff was so dark um, that when you put sunglasses on over your glasses, it just becomes darker. And uh, Kenneth Branagh was, wasn't really doing anything with it. There was a couple of like fast things flying around but but other than you know phallic pieces of ice there was nothing 3D worthy in this movie or nothing that that was that much of a difference uh between um what it would have been in 2D and and once again I have to say and I said this ad nauseum the trade-off is not worth it for the muting of the image um for this extra gimmick is just not worth it and i'm so freaking sick of this stupid fad well they got it's, your money dingus so you yeah got your money dude 17 bucks for this ticket 17 what wait just for 3d or 3d and imax no just for 3d three max huh tom how much was your ticket this will be interesting for the listeners uh 15 how much was popcorn <laughs> did you have any napkins <laughs> Butter flavor. I got my parking validated, so that was cool. Awesome. Mm. Next step, existence. <laughs> uh, um, did, did you like it when Anthony Hops, Hopkins whispered to the hammer? Okay. That was sweet. Here's the, here's the deal with the hammer, you. Okay. <laughs> Once he dies, go over there and try and bring him back to life. I noticed that, yeah. I was not Fuck. expecting that he wasn't going to have to go get the hammer. That the hammer would come to him. That was. Yeah. It's kind of like when their Lone Ranger whistles for his horse or something. It's like, I didn't know the hammer had that power. Uh, yeah, so that if, you, if you're worthy, you have the power of you. And by being worthy, that just means you fail. Dead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you're dead. Fail, he sacrificed himself. That's a Jesus what? moment. How did he sa- – so first of all, he sacrificed himself to what end? The destroyer. He made a deal with Loki else. through the. TV he made a deal screen. with Loki. He, no, he talked through the destroyer. The magic, <laughs> right? Which is a TV screen. It's two-way <laughs> video screen inside the destroyer's head. Hello, comic book. Wait, so was that was knowledge. Was that's what made him worthy. Is that he decided to negotiate at last? 
because he talked to instead of getting fried or instead of getting killed anyway he talked before he got killed that's why he's worthy okay so so you have to have the power to negotiate with your opponent right and that was what he called a plan he goes i have a plan and his plan was walk up to it and not die and say okay kill me and then die all right okay and then and loki and that was an and so basically loki didn't know wait why wouldn't loki have just never mind like if loki knows what's written on the hammer why is he helping thor by killing him he's better off alive dingus explain yeah go dingus because the, the hammer and his power was stripped from him because he wasn't ready for it, and he, he had dishonored um, the very idea of being king or being king of those people by just being a hothead who wanted to fight everything and start wars and be an idiot. And so when it was clear that he had learned humility, then his father lifted the curse. I mean, that, that, that's what's going on sort of underneath while his father's in dandelion jail, which I, I mean, I don't understand Odin sleep. Can you explain yeah. that to me? It's a coma. Who? Yeah, Tom, go. It, it's a coma. It's just, it's, oh. it's, it's, it's Alfheim language for coma. It's not, though. It's clear that he has to do this every so often, um, and he just waited too long to do it this time. But I this one's different. Remember, he waited too long. You know what would really suck oh. is if you're like a if you're a god and, and you're immortal, like the whole su- succession thing, it's got to kind of suck. Like if if your dad is yeah. Odin, like when are you ever going to get to be king? Yeah, he only loses an eye in this first five thousand years. It's as close as you're getting. Yeah, well, I think they have term limits, don't they? Oh, okay. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> Uh, all right. It's uh, a theocracy. I don't. But wait. Uh, never mind. Yeah. Did you get um, any? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember now. Any surreptitious wait, wait. references to other superheroes? So let's see. There's Hawkeye. There's the Tony Stark. You know all this fan service too. I'm like that's that, that, that stuff. Just is like oh. I guess they're you know they're building their franchise whatever so they mentioned is you know is that one of Stark's machines <laughs> that's funny uh, you know Jeremy Jeremy P- or uh, uh, Jeremy Renner Jeremy uh, Piven <laughs> Jeremy Piven is actually uh, Wonder Woman as we all know mm. uh, Jeremy Renner like when they they show the guy reaching for a sniper rifle and then he picks the bow instead and they don't actually show the character until he's actually up in the little cherry picker basket. And I'm guessing they did that so that Jeremy Renner only had to show up and work <laughs> for one day or whatever. Uh, like that that's supposed to be Hawkeye, I guess. Um, and but what he's else not did wearing I miss? purple? Hawkeye wears purple. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, uh, they said Hulk because gamma radiation guy. Oh, that's right. 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 The, and Shield made him go missing. Yeah. Uh, what else was there, Dingus? Because you're into this. Stan Lee stuff. was in it with a truck. No, Stan Lee is too old to be in movies. Yeah, they got a big cheer out of the audience. Yeah. Did it work? It would have been cool if it had worked. And he became the Hulk in the Hulk movie, too. <laughs> so he could have been Thor and the Hulk. <laughs> type uh, no, I just noticed the, the Hulk line. That was about it. Uh, there must. Why wasn't there a nod to Captain America? Uh, Dingus? They haven't made that. Was the, that was in World War II, wasn't it? I heard it's not going to have Nazis in it. It's going to have um, other people. Besides, have, I just, is that coming out this summer? I, oh, good lord! Yeah, they're all coming out. 
It's the greatest summer of movies I've ever seen. Fast Five, the greatest car movie ever made. Thor, greatest religious movie. I am as over superhero movies as I'm over 3D. I thought wow. that till I saw Thor, and then I went, ah, they saw it in 3D. <laughs> I don't think you you didn't you you didn't dislike this movie enough, Kelly Wand. There's one issue uh, where Thor becomes a frog. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, Tell see? me more. I want to see Simonson. I hope they make that so he actually gets turned into a frog. Yeah, for the whole issue. Does the frog how. have superpowers? No. I forget how he gets out of it. But come on, that's cool, right? That is. I, I wish they'd done that in this movie. I don't understand how, Tom, you can paint this with the same brush as Iron Man 2. Or Ghost Rider. Uh, I haven't seen Ghost Rider. Uh, <laughs> why, why? I painted it with exactly the same brush as Iron Man 2. No, it's way that, better That's enough. what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. I don't see how you can do that. Because Iron Man 2 is... It's just so lazy and predictable, yeah. and yeah. Um, and I understand your your objections to basically. Well, I think you call them mask movies that they just don't work for you on that level because they're guys wearing masks who are suddenly have these powers that they don't deserve. Um, Except for Green movie, Hornet, he he deserved his. This movie is so much better than Iron Man. It has um, so much more going for it. Okay. It's, it's striving for some sort of mythology instead of just a, a rich douche who puts on a suit. Well, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that it's striving for that, but here, here's my main issue. Uh, Dingus, you said you liked how, how large it was and how it sort of covers two worlds, and I agree with you. It's, it's definitely going for that, but these two worlds in one movie – and I can sort of see this might be why Kenneth Branagh was drawn to the material. It's this succession drama. Am I even saying the word secession? No, secede is when you pull out. Succession is when you're next in line. So it's the succession drama about the two brothers, you know, the Edgar and the Edmund uh, competing for the throne. I could see Kenneth Branagh being attracted to that. It's it's a sort of a timeless story. Um, that's on one hand. And then on the other hand, there's this fish out of water story, you know, like a star man kind of story where uh, this mm. this man is dropped from the heavens uh, to this lonely woman. Uh, you know, that's what they're trying to do on the other side of it. And neither <laughs> of those worked for me. They the, the connection between them felt forced. I mean, I think the idea is that Thor is supposed to, from the love of this woman, learn – uh, I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> right. And and just all of the stuff is so forced about. You know what? I kind of admired Tom. And I actually want to get this guy's name right because he at least was trying. This Chris Hemdale fellow I couldn't care less about. But Tom – what is it? Is it Hiddleston, Dingus? Yes, Tom Hiddleston. So, so I admired when Tom Hiddleston was trying to do his scenes. I mean, again, it was just so inconsequential for me. It didn't matter that much. But I admired how much effort he was trying to put into this stuff about discovering his own identity. But then it turns out that he's just a trickster all along. So I don't know what we're supposed to believe about how no, he, but he felt. Um, but then he wants to be the good son, too. So there's a, there's a tragic element to it. You didn't so, get that so, yeah. Night Man, too. Yeah, right, right. And so I admired what he was doing with it, uh, and there there was some stuff there, but I just felt like the movie just sagged under the weight of what it was trying to do, and there just wasn't enough good writing there, and the cast wasn't up to it, and Kenneth Branagh just didn't really bring much to it. Uh, so yeah, for me, it's totally on, on par with, with Iron Man 2, even though it's trying a little bit more, I just felt like it wasn't up to any of that. You just mentioned two things that did try – 
that that's two more than Iron Man two did. Sure, fair enough. And well, come on, Iron Man two tried uh, to what have. Did it try? Well, it tried Mickey Rourke missing his bird. Uh, <laughs> See? <yeah. laughs> what about when Scarlett Johansson kills a bunch of people and then John Favreau says something like, wow, she really killed a bunch of people. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. It's like observational dialogue. Yeah. No, that's um, not what I'm talking about at all. I don't know. What, you missed my point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you hate comics, I, although we've already gone over that you do hate comics. So any of a comic book movie, you're just going to hate more. That's not true. I loved, I loved Dark Knight. I love Watchmen. Uh, I love Defender and Super, although those aren't really comic book movies. I loved... Uh, Howard the Duck. Howard you, the you, Duck is awesome. You just hate Marvel. Yeah. He needs them to be subversive. <laughs> Shield's just a police state. Dark Knight isn't subversive. That is. Mm, well, no, I guess not really. Good. It's straight up Batman stuff. But you're right. For the most part, I hate comic book movies. I mean, you know what? Everyone, don't listen to me. Go see. Well, we've spoiled it, so presumably you have seen it. You know, don't listen to me. I'm glad everyone enjoyed Thor, but me. But Dark Knight is you. Commission your Gordon will only become commissioner if the other guy gets poisoned. So that's subversive. Right? See? Yeah, there you go. Right. Just like Odin <laughs> dying and the. Um, watches through her arm and i can i can enjoy some x-men stuff you know i can get into that i'm looking forward to matthew vaughn doing an x-men movie uh, Ugh. is that no. is it is it fashionable to hate on an on an x-men reboot is that not uh received the well kick-ass the only good parts of kick-ass were the hit girl parts right but i i you know matthew vaughn is a spirited director and he's not dealing with a crappy mark miller script Who's, whose crappy script is he dealing with? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't Did you know see X-Men wrote... 3? Did you see Wolverine? Okay. I liked, I, you know what, is that the one where he has to fight through the Dark Phoenix eating his flesh away? That's dumb. That's the Phoenix <laughs> saga? That's what I'm talking about. All those fucking mutants, uh, they all have wire foo. Like, it's their only superpower. And they're all like jumping around. Bullshit, cheap-ass, dark crap. I'm just trying to demonstrate that I can have low standards of superhero. You didn't like that. Too. I did. I kind of did. I liked that moment. I was like, okay, this is kind of like operatic. This is almost like something that would happen at the end of an opera, uh, but they're superheroes. <laughs> that's she's supposed to. She goes with side. F. Fucking retarded. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you this, Kyle. On Dark Phoenix is my favorite character in Marvel versus Capcom three. What do you think of that? You didn't play that. I did. <laughs> And Marvel Ultimate Alliance, my favorite character in that is uh, Venom. What was your character's name in DC Universe online? Uh, well, Batman. Is that a trick Batman. question? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Oh, you know what? I, I like love Cap the. Here's a great, here's a great comic book movie. The opening cinematic for DC Universe Online. What do you think of that? Where everyone just flies around and gets shot and killed. Uh, there's no, there's character, there's more. Doesn't character it take place in a junkyard? No, it takes place in the ruins of Earth. Kelly Wand. After uh, I forget his name. He's got a really stupid name. Uh, this guy invades Earth. Uh, rats. What are the names it's of some villains? Play. No, it's not that guy. It's Dark Sea Apocalypse. Keep going. Keep like going. This. His name's uh, something like Big Dark Brain or Big Head or what? Uh, Brainiac. Brainiac. Yes. Yes. It takes place in the ruins of Earth after Brainiac has destroyed it. What do you think of that? Way to go, Einstein. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all right, I've had enough of Thor. Let's have our oh. favorite lines from Thor. I'm going to start, and then we'll go around the table. Are you guys ready? My favorite line from Thor would have to be uh, the thing about Xena, Jackie Chan, and Robin Hood. But I'm wondering why didn't – his name is Ray Stevenson. Why didn't his Gimli character get a, <laughs> a slur in, in that line? Do you guys know? A slur? A slur? Well, yeah, like the other curl was called Xena, Asano Todanobu was called uh, Jackie Chan, and Racist. Mustache Man was called Robin Hood. Why didn't they have some sort of a slur to extend to uh, Ray Stevenson's character? I thought Gimli was good. Yeah, they should have used that, uh, but that's probably trademarked. So, All right, uh, Dingus, what is your favorite line from Thor? Uh, hmm... Um, how about, wait, I need to debrief you. <laughs> I love that guy. You know what? Maybe I do like Thor after all. I'm so glad that guy's in every single one of those movies. Uh, and yeah, I, I like that. He is. You know what? It's the same guy. Yeah. And you know what? When he's like, we're one of the good guys. And when he's like, yeah, uh, what is it? Like when he makes his deal with Thor at the end, I like that guy. That guy's the best thing in the movie. I've decided Clark Gregg as agent. What, what's his name? Kelly Wand. Agent Carl Steens. Is that really true? It's Colson. Yeah. Colson. Like Coulson. the beer. All right. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, I liked him. I liked mm-hmm. him. I liked his whole demeanor when he's um, relieving Jane of all of her equipment. And he's just got this sort of sad, you know, we're doing the right thing. Uh, here's a check. Yeah. Um, we're borrowing this stuff. <laughs> and he, he's not lording it over her. He's not being the mush, mustache twirling dude. He's just, you know, this is my job. I got to do this. Um, yeah, I got to take it all. And we'll take that book, too. Yeah, I like that guy. So, What if so, she'd said, oh, and also the stuff in my bra that I uh, wrote down. <laughs> is that your favorite line from Thor? No, my favorite <laughs> line is, what you call magic, I call Tom. One, two, three, not only you and me, got one eighty duck. Pretty sure half second. Tom hates Vikings. <laughs> Tom hates everything. Now he's not a Viking, Tom he's Norse, right? <laughs> North. Alright. Let's do a, a three by three. See, they have different constellations because they're in another dimension, and other dimensions have other constellations. There's nine constellations. Ah, One's right. One's Anaheim. Right. See? Mm-hmm. Also, this infrared shows Thor's dong <laughs> as he falls. <laughs> I don't think that's what that was. but uh... That's my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> I love what, how they had that that billboard where those pictures are posted and then they notice that as if they weren't the ones to have stuck that. Yeah. The you know who noticed it? Darcy. Remember? Darcy was she the sharp. She was, she the... goes, Oh guys. Yeah. I'm seeing the face on Mars, but it's here. she and also doesn't, she doesn't get a last name. I noticed yeah. that. <laughs> or Thor, I think just forgot it and was embarrassed. So I think that's You're less hot one. I will not. <laughs> I'm not in love with you. So I'm glad that Thor didn't qualify for this week's 3x3. I was fully expecting it, by the way. Or did it? Mm. Well, they didn't have... Can you get pregnant from kissing? Mm. By the way, I don't... Things different women. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on how my next uh, case goes. 
so this week's 3 by 3 let me introduce it, uh, is about pregnancy. Pregnancy is so often used as a sort of an artificial device to just raise the stakes. You know, if you've got a woman in peril, hey, announce that she's pregnant, and now it's even more perilous of a situation. Uh, so pregnancy is... When it's revealed, in some cases, it's better than others. You know, these pregnancy reveals, we saw a really lazy one in last week's Fast Five. We did not get one that we know of in, in Thor. But what I want from you guys, and I phrased it this way on purpose, is the, the least bad pregnancy reveals. Because most of the time, a pregnancy reveal is nothing special. It's, uh, you, you know... Like I said, just raises the stakes or, well, we'll talk a little bit about how it's done poorly, maybe in some runners up. But what I want from you guys are instances where it's not necessarily done poorly. So let's see. I'm sorry? Necessarily is your qualifier? Uh, yes. Like, cause I, so it can it, be done poorly. Is it possible to find a good one? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, these are the least bad pregnancy reveals. Uh, so, Kelly Wan, we're starting with you because you're introducing mm-hmm. next week's 3x3. Three three. What is your number three least bad pregnancy reveal? <sighs> did you like? Did you not like this topic? Yeah, but I didn't do it justice. <laughs> Me neither. Really? Are yeah, we allowed to say it. that? I didn't oh, do it justice. Yeah, I loved it. Actually, I did total justice to it. You guys are going to fucking... Your mind's going to be blown. Okay. I will now give birth to my first one. Uh, does alien count? Well, why don't you uh, tell us? All right, alien. Because John Hurt's pregnant with alien. Although it's, I, you think it's like a plot hole that they don't notice it. Because <laughs> he's in the medical lab and they don't like run tests on it, on his stomach, to see if there's an alien inside it that wants spaghetti. But... Keep in mind, Ash is the one who brings them all in, so it's like he might have, he probably saw it and went, oh yeah, I'll just let him see what happens. <laughs> so, alien. All right. That's the third least bad pregnancy reveal in cinematic fiction history. Now, did anyone pick uh, Alien 3? Because there's a similar, I think that's a far better instance, if you know what I'm talking about. Yes, but, but yeah. I picked. I picked okay. Alien as Aliens my number two. Alien, uh-huh. Alien three, the first Alien dingus. Yeah. So why did you pick it? Like the the reveal, because do they do they find a spot like on an X-ray or something? And they're like, oh, we'll worry about this later. I oh no so. no, because yeah, because they know that the you know he comes in with a face hugger on him, and and the face hugger <laughs> has a thing down his throat. But do they know that the face huggers put something in his chest? Yeah, it's I feeding. Don't... It's feeding him. They know that. Right, but do they know that something's been implanted? Like, is there a pregnancy reveal? Ash might the, know, but no. But Ash is the, the one who quote, would know folks' birth. Like, I, I think the pregnancy reveal is also the birth, if I'm not mistaken. And that's that's why I picked it, because I think there's nothing quite like a pregnancy reveal that's that is done by way of a surprise birth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, the Aliens movies do kind of break the rules, but the one that comes to mind for me is in Alien 3, which I haven't seen in a while, where the alien spares Ripley. And we later find out it's because she's been impregnated by a, a face hugger. Do you guys remember that scene? Like it's it's the famous shot yes. of her with her head That's... turned and the alien is like right up against her face and it does its little bitey tongue out at her but then pulls back. And we later find out it's because it knows she's been uh, in- incubated with a with a baby alien. That's fine, but it's not as iconic as Alien 1's reveal. And you're only saying that because she's a woman. 
John Hurt's a man. You're being sexist. It's <laughs> a very fair point. All right. You hate Norsemen and men. <laughs> just just going on the idea of of a reveal. That's what that's why I was able to yeah. sort of keep right. this in here because you know if you remember the first time you saw it if you didn't know that was going to happen and the audience didn't know it was going to happen and nobody in the room knew it was going to happen or, you know I don't know if that's apocryphal but um nobody knew that that was going to happen at least character wise and so that's such a great way to reveal that that, that that's what's happened all right um, Good. instead of doing like a like having john hurt pissed on a stick or something <laughs> why would he do that <laughs> he did but ash was the one who looked at it oh, it's, it's, blue. Not, it's not pink yeah <laughs> Ah, Tom knew. I think it's what is your number three least bad pregnancy reveal? Um, hmm. My number three least bad pregnancy reveal is uh, worse than my number two. Actually, should you give us a line from it? Most of it. Yeah, I can do that. All right, give us a line. She was my favorite when I was a kid, and now I see she's the most beautiful thing I ever saw. Yeah, Rushmore, I bet. The Ring Two. <laughs> I don't know this. Wait, wait, wait! Do it again. Do it again. Do it in the right accent. Yeah, do it right. Do she it was my favorite when I was a kid, and now I see she's the most beautiful thing I ever saw. Southern Comfort, Braveheart, things that are green. <laughs> Pass. I mean, uh, Leprechaun in Space. <laughs> All right, this would be the 1993 movie Jurassic Park. Wait, do, what year? Do, 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 do. <laughs> 1983. 1993. Oh, 93. What's the movie called? <laughs> it's called Jurassic Parks. Ah. Jurassic Parks and Rec. Uh, I always love the moment when um, when Dr. Grant, uh, he, he's, when he's with the two grandchildren, discovers the nest full of hatched dinosaur eggs. Um, because, you know, I, I knew that was coming because I'd read the book and I was really looking forward to seeing the movie, but that, that little moment, I remember the first time I saw it when, when he, when he finds those empty eggs in that, in that nest and he has to go back through the story of using the frog DNA and figure out why this happened, that the dinosaurs are breeding, that the dinosaurs are pregnant, um, I just love that. I love how all of that works because it's not um, – this isn't – like Tom was talking about, and my number one, unfortunately, will will fall into this trap. Uh, but Tom was talking about how um, how sometimes a pregnancy reveal is just a cheap, you know, poor poor woman in danger element, just a way to, to knock up the danger a little bit, if you'll excuse the pun. Um, but it, it, it's not that in this. It's not a way to make us more scared for somebody who's uh, – for a pregnant woman in danger. It's, it's proof that Malcolm's point about nature finding a way is true. So this reveal about the dinosaurs being pregnant when that, when that should be impossible um, is such a great complication for me for this idea of, of man messing with nature. And I understand this is you know just a, a thriller movie, um, but that, that – idea of those empty eggs and and how dr grant feels about that and how he has to work it out uh i just always love that moment it's way better than alien by the way whoa whoa (laughs) time the fuck out dingus do you have any idea what the word pregnant means because we're talking about Um, oviparous (laughs) eggs 
That's not what a pregnancy is. Just, you know, you said, then they're in a fucking womb. It's a fucking dinosaur. Pregnancy means an alien parasite eating pischetti in your stomach, not eggs. Thank you. Wow, Charlie, well, that's a good point. I think Dingus, you're going to have to. You're gonna have to come up with a new one, Dingus. I'm afraid that's not gonna. This happen. was more of a best use of eggs, which was when we already did. Or if you'd gotten the list I sent, hello. So wait, when humans get pregnant, there's no eggs involved? <laughs> Those are ova. It's totally oh. different. Uh, it's a Latin for uh, womb. So Dingus has a, a more liberal definition than I guess of what pregnancy means. And get the yolk. So far, so far, both of you do. Uh, have a very different definition of what pregnancy means. I, I haven't seen from either of you an actual pregnancy Tom's yet. Tom's is going to be quite rigorous, I predict. Let, let me, yeah, all of mine are actual human pregnancies. Or Gungan. <laughs> I predict. Only, yeah, we, we made an hour into the podcast before you brought up Star Wars. Well done. Good. <sighs> all right, I remember Tom I, complained when we did the egg thing that they weren't human eggs that we chose to. Did he? That's funny. Yep. No, only because, one type of egg. Uh, I'm Tom. Because I chose alien eggs, and he said, "Dingus, you're not even choosing human eggs." I meant eggs. I meant eggs that are part of the human experience, Dingus. Like chicken eggs. Hello. All right, my number three. Uh, have you guys seen a movie called Young Adam? Yeah. Kelly Wand, have you seen Young Adam, or have you not seen it? And is that why you went? Ugh. No, I meant uh, it sounds like a cool movie. You would you would love Young Adam. So Young Adam is from a novel. It's by a, a I'm assuming a Scottish director named David Mackenzie, who's actually since led me astray. I've seen a few movies by David Mackenzie based on the strength of Young Adam being as awesome as it is. Kelly, one you'd absolutely need to see Young Adam if you haven't. Uh, and and most recently he led me to see a movie with Anne Heche, who looks awesome these days, by the way, and Ashton Kutcher. Uh, called mm. Spread, which was just terrible. Um, How's he look to you, Tom? <laughs> Ashton Kutcher, he's holding up pr- not as well as Anne Heche. I, actually, I'm not... You, come on, have you guys seen Anne Heche lately? Uh, no. Okay. When I found out she didn't swing that way, I figured I wouldn't try. doesn't matter. She's a gorgeous woman. I don't. I have no idea how old she is, but good Lord, she looks amazing. Uh, so anyway, before David McKenzie sold out and did a crappy American movie... One of his early movies is called Young Adam, and Young Adam is it's Peter Mullen, Tilda Swinton, and Ewan McGregor, and it is a movie about these incredibly just morally bankrupt people. It's a very, very dark movie, uh, and Emily Mortimer is in it, by the way. Uh, mm. So at one point in the movie, and this isn't really a spoiler, but uh, well, it's, it's, the thing is pregnancy reveals – and a, a lot of times are kind of spoilers, so I don't want to talk too much about Young Adam as much as I will about my number two or my number one. But in Young Adam, the pregnancy reveal when Ewan McGregor finds out that Emily Mortimer is pregnant, the way he reacts is so emblematic of what kind of characters are in this movie, what he does and doesn't do at that point. Uh, and it's it's an unforgettable scene if uh, if you've seen the movie, and it's it's. Uh, yeah, it's pretty stark, I'll just say. Mm, see? Comic book references. No. <laughs> <laughs> so my number three is uh, Young Adam. Uh, hmm. Is Young Adam the baby? That's not a spoiler. Is young? Well, I don't know what the... Because I don't even think that's the character's name. What is the... Hmm. Dingus, do you remember? I'm, I'm assuming it's one of those instances like... 
like the war zone or something where it's from a novel and they don't explain in the movie why it's co- what the significance of the title is. Do you remember the significance of the title, Young Adam? Is his name Adam? I don't think it is. I don't think so, but I want to say it's sort of a play on the the general usage of Adam. I'm, like, I was thinking either that or <laughs> some like pre like like some reference to original sin like ah uh, right I don't know yeah. it's, it sounds like the kind of thing that might be in a novel and not quite make the translation to the movie Young Adam pre Eve prequel could be Lilith <laughs> huh <laughs> know what I'm saying who would play Lilith in the movie Kelly Wand uh that would be Amber Heard <laughs> no Jordana Brewster. No. Uh, who's that chick who played Sif? No, Kat Dennings. No. Paul Walker. No. Tom. No. Too girly. Wait. No. Dr. Grant. No. Uh, Kelly Wand, what's your number two favorite or least bad pregnancy reveal in a movie? Uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> this one's dumb. Godfather 2... When Michael finds out um, that Kay was pregnant and had an abortion. <laughs> oh, actually, that's not a bad one. Why, are you, why do you say that's dumb? Cause that's oh, because good... it's really an abortion reveal. It's an abortion and a pregnancy reveal. I mean, I think this, that's – he didn't know she was pregnant before, did he? No. Yeah. No, I think that's – and it's a lot, it says a lot about his character. I think that's a very good one, Kelly Wand. Why are you uh, poo-pooing it? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I can tell your heart isn't in it. All right. That's my number two. Godfather 2, number two. Dingus, are you with me on that being a good one? Yeah. And it is a pregnancy reveal. Kelly, do you know what pregnancy means? I know it's no alien cubed uh, like Tom likes. Are there eggs involved, Kelly Wand? Does, is, is she going to lay eggs? Remember when uh, he told uh, Michelle Pfeiffer that her womb was polluted in uh, Scarface? I've never seen Scarface. It's not that good. It's kind of overrated. <laughs> but that part's funny. All right. Also, oh, never mind. He's like sitting in a jacuzzi, and his cigar looks like a like a poo, like a turd. Smell. <laughs> Is he letting it float around in the jacuzzi? Because you're not supposed no, to. No, it's in his mouth. But he's like part of the poo. It's like he's sucking on the poo. But her womb's polluted. Shh. That's really gross, Kelly Wan. You went from a good pick to something It really sucks gross. to be the Scarface. Yeah, pregnancy reveals. There's nothing gross about those so far. All right, so Dingus, your number two is Alien. You copied off Kelly Wan's number three, so ah. jump straight to my number two. Uh, this almost inspired – this kind of did inspire the topic. Uh, and then I realized my number one, which I like better. But my number two is the very end of Sideways. Uh, Sideways is, of course, a, a – uh, sort of a great midlife crisis movie about two dudes running away from their problems and finding new problems. And it's one of those movies where uh, it, it has a kind of a very downbeat ending. Um, uh, Paul Giamatti plays a character named Miles, and he's really mopey, and he seems like a very unlikely protagonist. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church is his buddy, and they go off and they drink wine and have a misadventure. And while they're gone, it's one of the things you learn about Miles is that he's pining over his, uh, I guess, ex-wife. Um, right, you're right. Yeah, they're, they're divorced. Um, and one of the things that we learn over the course of the movie is that Thomas Hayden Church knows that this woman is getting remarried. 
and he has to break it to Miles, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that's something that happens early on in the movie. He says, you know, she's she's getting remarried. Uh, and Miles kind of freaks out about this. And Thomas Hayden Church, as his friend, tries to bring him around. And, and there's another sort of a, uh, a really tough, difficult scene later where he gets trashed at a what should be a fun uh, double date. And he calls her while he's drunk. And, you you know, and it, it, that doesn't go well. And um, so this happens. And ultimately, the trip turns sour and he has to go back to uh, his real life back in San Diego. And we cut to him going to the wedding. You know, he graciously goes to the wedding. Uh, actually, no, it's, is it her wedding or is it someone else's wedding? No, it's actually Thomas Hayden Church's wedding, if I'm not mistaken. So he sees her at a wedding. Mm. And there's this great scene where after the wedding is over, she is getting remarried, of course, and he's talking to her. And something comes up about drinking wine and she reveals she's not drinking wine anymore because she's pregnant. And... Paul Giamatti's character, of course, is, is devastated. I mean, we, you know, right. he, he's living in denial. There's this there's there's only so far that denial can get you. You know, if you're pining for someone, maybe that that person will get married, but you could still make it work out. But pregnancy, like having a child is like this sort of point of no return. And that right there is is, is just crushing to him. And the amazing thing, I mean, what makes this reveal work so well is Paul Giamatti in this scene. And the woman playing it, by the way. I love that actress. I've seen her in a few other things. Um, but what I seem to recall, and Dingus, you might have even told me this, or is it on the director's commentary? I'm not sure where I heard this, but they did a few takes of the scene. And finally, the director said to him, to Paul Giamatti, okay, now when we do this take, I want you, no matter what, to keep smiling. Don't stop smiling. And he just has this pained smile, this look on his face. Uh, you know, Paul Giamatti can be hit or miss with certain performances. I've hated him in some stuff. Um, but he's just never been as good as he is in Sideways. And that scene is a real payoff where you just see him so incredibly devastated hearing this news about her being pregnant. Um, so that's my number two pregnancy reveal is Sideways. Kelly, Wynne, just... have you seen Sideways? Yeah, I have. That was, so that was Alexander Payne who told him that, gave him that direction, right? Yep. So you're talking about? Yep. Dingus, did you tell me that? Do you know where I heard that? Uh, no, that wasn't me. I, I, I love the pick, though, but no, that wasn't me. He gives really good commentary. Alexander Payne? The, yeah, the election one's really interesting, too. It's good. Like, it's it's generally enlightening and interesting throughout. Like, at the, at the beginning where he, uh, it's like this overhead shot of Matthew Broderick, like, Oh, navigating the, the chain yeah. of events. You know, I've heard the commentary. That's right. Yeah. I cut you off. So what, what does he say about that, that chain link fence? Oh, no, you know, it's just like that's the, uh, you know, he's lost in the labyrinth. And then yeah, he says, you can see the whole movie is like the revenge of the janitor. Because Matthew Broderick, like, misses the shot to the trash can oh, at the beginning. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and at the end, the janitor finds the vote. So he fucks Matthew Broderick back. At the that's right. <laughs> Oh, and he also said, okay, remember the part in the museum at the end where he works at the museum? Uh-huh. It shows, like, the dicks of the cavemen. <laughs> Alexander Payne's all, they always cut this part on planes. <laughs> which is really stupid because it's from the New York Museum, which you can go into of any age. So why is it cut on planes? You go to the museum, eh. He says it more articulately than that. Uh, what was his Did, last movie? Uh, was it 
that Jack Nicholson. No, no, wait. Oh, he's done Schmidt. Since no, about Schmidt. Schmidt. And that was he should make a science fiction too. movie. I think Sideways might have been his last movie. No. no? Schmidt was after that. Nope. You're crazy. Hang on. If we had the internet on this show, we would look it up. <sighs> My internet's tweaked. Uh, all right. In that case, we're just going to have to go with Sideways being Alexander Payne's last movie. No, wait. It's not tweaked. Just talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Uh, Dingus, what was Alexander Payne's last movie? Um, I believe it was Sideways. I think so, too. Or Thor. He, wasn't he involved in Thor? <laughs> he wrote Thor. He did the script for He's Thor. He's making a movie called The Descendants. Yeah, about Schmidt was before Sideways. I'm an idiot. Damn. I can't believe I saw Kathy Bates nude before Sideways. It's so weird. What? <laughs> what? Was that at your apartment or something? <laughs> oh, and also in the movie about Schmidt. That was a long night. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, all right, oh, so that's my number Kelly. two. Kelly Wan, what is your f- favorite least bad pregnancy reveal in all of moviedom? This one's kind of weak, actually. But I guess I'm just going to go with it. Godfather so, 2 is a tough act to follow, Kelly Wand. Well, this doesn't follow it properly. I should have ended with Godfather 2. Just swap those. No one's listening. It's fine. Um, my number two, then, is... Uh, Species, because that same thing happened to me that happens to Alfred Molina in the movie, because I was banging this chick, verse cowgirl, and she suddenly goes, oh, I'm pregnant, I can feel it, and then tentacles come out of her, and she kills me. (laughs) Wow, how'd you get over that? It was still worth it. Uh, Did your hammer hammer come to you? Yum, yum. Meow meow. <laughs> Species, which that's the best part of that movie, except for all the naked parts. All right, right. so I'm I'm hesitant to say this because it's in in my when you watch a lot of crappy horror movies, you're going to come across some really vile stuff, mm. and I can't remember the name of this movie, but there is some. And, oh, you know what? It's it's uh, Hinkenlotter. What's the basket case director, Kelly Wan? Don Hinkenlotter. What's that dude's name? Who? The the director of Basket Cased. Hem- oh, 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 yeah, Hempenswashens. It's yeah. something like that. And it, that guy's most recent movie was this just vile thing about a woman who gets pregnant and gives birth every time she has sex, like uh-huh. within the hour. She'll have sex, immediately get pregnant, and give birth to a mutant baby. Uh, so it's about it's this just hypomaniac. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you, are, have you, are you serious? Have you seen this? Do you know what I'm no, talking I'm about? No, I'm just writing the script in my head. <laughs> <laughs> the movie I'd, I'd make if I was. Oh, there. but it's just. Oh, when you mentioning that about species just made me think of this movie. I can't think of the name of it, but it's that basket case dude, and it's just. Oh, good well, Lord. I love that basket case dude. Frankenhooker's okay, but it's I never saw Frankenhooker, but I liked. Mm. You know, I, I sort of liked, and he did one about carnival freaks, didn't he? Yeah, I forget what it was called, but they're all about carnival freaks if you think about it. Yeah, it's true. That's very true. Uh, I'd pay. Uh, I'd buy it, buy that for a dollar. <laughs> well, you know what, Kelly Wand, if you're if you're buying crappy Don Henlon hotter, I can't think of his name. I feel bad because the guy from Journey. <laughs> it's the guy from the Eagles. Oh right, the Eagles. He opened for Foreigner once, I think. Uh, Tom. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's as, was almost that's almost as weird as your your species thing, Kelly Wand. 
Yeah, science fiction pregnancies are the only ones I've really seen until we see Bridesmaids. Well, and Godfather 2. Oh, yeah. Well, that's science fiction because it has a time paradox. I think it's what is your number one <laughs> least bad <laughs> pregnancy? The appropriate rate. response. <laughs> oh, okay. Time trouble. I think I just um, – have I seen your number one? Don't tell me what it is. Ah, uh, let's concentrate on the topic and the podcast. Are you talking about to me, Dingus? Sure. Oh yes, yeah, you've seen yes, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, I think I know what it is. Oh, it just suddenly came to me, so I'm going to choose that. Oh <laughs> God. All right. I mean, my number one is, and this is going to be a big surprise to you guys. It's kind of a cheat. Um, but this is one of my favorite. Just like movies. pregnancy is. Just like pregnancy itself. Oh, very, very good. Uh, in a film that I watch over and over and over again, and I don't know that you guys have even yeah you, know, you must have seen it. I've talked about it before. Um, it is not zapped. Uh, is zapped another word for pregnant? It's, well, an egg is an ovum. I know that. Is that what you asked? Wasn't really listening. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't expect you to. All right. Uh, the the film is uh, is uh, the film Patriot Games, and um, <laughs> I mean. What? what are you laughing about? Who? Y- you. <laughs> Why? You saying the words Patriot Games? Because you love Tom Clancy. Yeah. I am I am a Tom so, Clancy. So, Dingus, kid. you've picked a Michael Crichton and a Tom Clancy uh, source material uh, subject here. Just so you know. Only Dingus would watch a Tom Clancy movie and remember there's even a pregnancy. Yeah, I know. I, that's kind of what I'm laughing at. Is I'm like, yeah. someone got pregnant in a Tom Clancy movie? So Dingus I, remembers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bomb was good too, but that part really got me. I was also going to pick a, a Gallagher movie, but I couldn't find a good one. <laughs> so explain to us the pregnancy reveal in Patriot Games, because good lord, I don't, I don't remember it. All right. Well, the the actual reveal itself is is pretty standard, and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, basically, Jack Jack Ryan says he's he's gotten injured and he wakes up in the hospital and. And he says, did I miss something? And and his wife, <laughs> Kathy, says, no, but I did. And then, you know, uh-huh, I'm pregnant. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> she ruined it. That's, that's foul. What a horrible. But they had this, this great exchange that will pay off later in the film, this great exchange with the daughter, played by Thora Birch. Um, Thora. She's, she's adorable. And um, basically... They're in this. They're they're talking about. I mean, the mom's just said she's pregnant, and and the daughter says, "Do I have any say in this?" And the parents say, "Sure, this is a family. Everyone has a say." And and she says, "Yeah, but my say is after the fact." Um, and I just think that little discussion is very sweet. And eventually, this pregnancy really is is that thing that Tom was trying to avoid. It is a, a device that just sort of is supposed to up the ante of danger, I think, and 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 make Sean Bean's evilness more evil and the anger of Jack Ryan more angry and those kinds of things. When and and it is gilding the lily because we already feel a great deal for for the little girl who gets injured. We don't need uh, a pregnancy as well for for more extra super more danger. Um, so <laughs> in that way it really does violate what Tom was going for. Um, but the, the thing that I like is this sort of anti-reveal that happens at the very end of the movie. Um, 
and the anti-reveal, so it's it's I'm sort of reversing things here, is after the the family has gone through this whole ordeal, uh, we, you know we've we've seen them through this this thriller that they've they've lived through, um, and as the as the film sort of draws to a close, they're they're back in their home, um, and, and just being a family again, or trying to be a family again, and they get a phone call, and it's Kathy's doctor, and Basically, the, the doctor is asking Kathy if she wants to know whether it's a boy or a girl because they have those results. And the family has this great little discussion while Kathy's on the phone. Do you want to know? I don't know. I, I kind of do, but I kind of don't. Should it? What, what do I do? Hold on. Let me just ask the family. And so, so there's this back and forth about are we going to find out or are we not going to find out? And – Getting to this side of the action, you know, after the after all the falling action and the re- resolution, getting to this side of the action with the family as they go through this little sweet moment, and then it ends with uh, with Kathy deciding to hear the news and saying thank you and hanging up the phone and looking at her family, and that's it. Is this moment where the film cuts before she reveals something that really shouldn't matter to us and isn't really a point of suspense for us as an audience. But for some reason, it becomes a great little moment of family suspense and and a sweet moment and a great way to end that film of of why do I care? I don't know. I've, I've never gotten the whole idea of, of why people want it to be a secret until the actual birth of their baby. It doesn't really make any sense to me. So that part doesn't really doesn't really touch me. It's just how touching this little moment of this family. Do we want to know? Do we not? The daughter actually gets some say in this particular thing. And then the film cuts right before we know either the information or whether she revealed it. And I just – I love that almost anti-reveal. Well, at least it's a human pregnancy. Wait. So I'll give yes. you that. Can you say all that again? Because I totally zoned out. I was thinking about dinosaurs. <laughs> um, if you go to iTunes and yeah. pay 99 cents, you can get just that. Pregnant? Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. You wow, guys each had only one human pregnancy, by the way, in your list. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdos. I've also only had one in my life, so there you go. Dingus, who directed Patriot Games? That would be Philip Noyce. Hmm. Uh do you recommend it? Should I watch it, or do you just have your own little weird predilection for loving it? I think it might be my own weird little predilection for loving it. All right. Pred, get it? Pregnilection? Preg- predators. Pregnilection. So my number one least bad pregnancy is uh, pregnancy reveal is uh, – I'm actually surprised neither of you thought of it. I'm a little disappointed in the both of you. Uh, because it is such an integral part of the movie. The movie sets up a world that has no pregnancy, that has no children, uh, and it's such a huge part of the world building. <laughs> and the reveal is basically the point of the movie and the redemption of the characters. It's, of, of course, children of men. Um, but in addition to its the sort of the narrative role of finding out the key, this woman is, is pregnant, the actual scene, which I went back and watched – is so just the do you guys remember the scene where Theo, who's Clive Owen's character, finds out why they want to smuggle this woman out of the country? She's in no. a barn, right? Yeah, she's raised in a barn. That, not at all, because it, it, it's it's like a manger. She's standing with mm-hmm. all of these cattle, uh, and it's in a it's in a it's a barn. There's hay everywhere. There's these cattle around her. 
Uh, and in addition to these cattle, there are all of these automated milking machines uh, mm. dangling along the walls. And it opens with her. I mean, we as the audience, we don't know she's pregnant yet. And Theo certainly doesn't know it. Uh, when he comes in, you know, it, it's he's been told, hey, Key wants to see you. This this girl that you're going to have to escort out of the country that we're hiring you to smuggle out of the country. She wants to see you. She wants to talk to you. So he walks into the barn and she's talking about how they cut off the breasts of the cows. You know, she said they cut off their titties. Um, and mm-hmm. Theo says, is that what you want to talk to me about? I mean, it opens with this story about the brutality extended to these poor pregnant animals um, that are farmed for, for their milk. And Theo's like, is that what you want to talk about? And she says, no, no, I just want you to know why you're helping me. And she starts to take off her clothes. And he's like, whoa, don't, don't do that. That's not necessary. And there's this just amazing shot of this naked black woman standing amid all of these lowing cattle in a barn. And that's the pregnancy reveal. You see her stomach right there. And, uh, uh, and, and that right there, everything changes in the movie. I mean, before then, we know that he was a father, that he lost his child. And immediately before this scene, he's lost the mother of his child. Um, and we're, we think we're just watching a movie. And that's, and this is what he thinks about, you know, at first the MacGuffin is transit papers, just like Casablanca. We think we're watching a movie about he needs to get her some transit papers and then he, he needs to get her out of the country. Uh, you know, this this is where the stakes are introduced. And rather than being some artificial, hey, let's make the woman pregnant. You, you know, this is something that that will subvert the state of the world as it is where, where pregnancy, where fertility is just mysteriously vanished. Um and it's it's such an amazingly well done scene. I mean, so much Children of Men is just I've watched that and several other scenes again. That movie is so good, and this one little scene is kind of the the fulcrum of the movie. Um, All right, that one doesn't count for two reasons. Okay. A, it's in the trailer, and B, <laughs> uh, it's in the title, dude. And the title reveals that there's going to be a child. So that's the reveal. So you have to say the title. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think everyone is a child of men. Um, oh. Dingus, is that okay. what you thought I was going to pick for number one? No, no. I love that one. The the moment for me is the carrying the baby moment. That's the moment that knocks me out. Carrying I like the part baby. where... You mean at, the, at the end in the boat? No, no. Isn't It's the moment when they're leaving the building and everything oh, through goes the battle. silent. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. The battle just goes dead well the movie's full of moments like that i, I mean yeah. you, you know, like danny houston in his apartment with all of these plundered pieces of artwork and his autistic son working some weird little internet thing at the dinner table i mean it's just it's such a bold movie uh in so many ways and every scene certainly michael Caine's stuff and and the way that they pepper the world with little uh, videos and commercials and and uh, papered notices about what's happened and his London Olympics T-shirt. I mean, there's it's it's just such a phenom- it does such a phenomenal job with detail like that. Uh, Strawberry cough. Very good. I forget what the name of the uh, poison is. The the Nyquil, the suicide Nyquil. Right. Uh, the uh, we have this. We've already said it on the podcast. Is now regurgitating <laughs> our bad memory. Uh, what did you think I was going to pick for my number one? While we do our runners-up, what were you thinking, Dingus? I'm not even sure there is one in this now that now that I think about it. I'm just – is there 
a reveal in Irreversible? Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's, that's a huge one too, for. and that that was definitely in the, in the running for me. But uh, it, in a way, that smacks a little bit to me of just like raising the stakes. I mean, this this terrible stuff happens, and then you find out that the person to whom it's happened was pregnant. Uh, you know, it's like it's not much different. I mean, Irreversible is a much better, a much different movie from Seven, but it's not much different from the way it's used in Seven, which feels oh, a little cheap. Point. And let's just pile on the stakes. You, you know, it's not bad enough that that he that uh he cuts off Gwyneth Paltrow's head, but she's pregnant. You know, you know what? It just gets to it. That just brings to mind Seven. I love the movie Seven, but I think Seven has an has a horrible script. Back me up on this. I mean, no. seven, the guys a few days from retirement and the hot-headed young cop and the really smart serial killer and, oh, yeah, the, the, the poor patient wife. And, oh, she was pregnant and she got her head cut off. I just think the writing, the script in seven is, is terrible. No, he sets you up with the cliches and then he fucks them all over. I don't think, there, I don't think it's the script that, that fucks them all over. I think it's David Fincher as a director. David Fincher was given a hackneyed script and, and made a, a brilliant movie out of it. What was that ending in the script? Well, even the the end. I mean, Does it matter? Yeah. Doesn't matter, <laughs> doesn't ending, matter what the script said. It sucks. The end, Fuck it. The, the ending isn't what's great about seven, though. <laughs> the script is the original material, Kelly, and that doesn't matter. I'm it's an sorry. Of you're the right. <laughs> no, but the things that work about that movie are the are are the direction and right. the way Morgan Freeman says those lines and Brad Pitt. I mean, yeah. you're right. I, I, I never thought of it as being a bad script because those things hide it, and I'm still not going to concede that point. All right, well, I, I'm going to maintain that. But Irreversible is a very good one, Dingus. Uh, Quietus. Ah, very good. You Googled that, but very good. No, I didn't. I mean, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> very Hamlet, yeah. Uh, another one is, uh, you know what, some things I can't, I don't want to say just because they're kind of spoilers, so I'm just going to mention two movies and I'm not going to say anything else about them, but I think these two movies have good pregnancy reveals. Constant Gardener and House of the Devil. And that's all I'm saying. So, okay, other runners up. I haven't seen House of the Devil, you fucker. I didn't say anything about it. I was talking about a different house. Now I know there's a house in it and a Before we yeah. started, Kelly said one of his favorites was Juno. I thought Dingus was going to pick that one. What's I don't even remember the reveal in Juno. When when do we find out? I know she's talking about her food baby to uh, who's the Olivia Thurlby. Yeah, like she's talking about. To, <laughs> is that the reveal that Ellen Page is pregnant? Olivia Thurlby. Well, That's she cool. has that awesome scene with Rain Wilson at the drugstore where she's buying like seven hundred pregnancy tests. Oh right, right, right. And I think she's in the bathroom doing another one i think that's it okay so olivia thoroughby <laughs> we've sidetracked kelly kelly's yeah. been derailed <laughs> someone reboot kelly <laughs> uh derailed another clive kessler movie. <laughs> okay. uh kelly Wan, do you have any any runners up uh olivia thoroughby i would i think i would give her the least bad pregnancy reveal of her life if she gave me a shot <laughs> But since she hasn't yet, I will continue with my list in the hopes that it will inspire her to do so. Uh, Meaning of Life was one of them. Like that woman's washing the dishes and like this baby just falls out of her and she goes, oh, another one. I like that. Also, Dead Alive. Remember the zombie baby? 
don't remember a lot about Dead Alive. What was the zombie <sighs> baby? Two zombies bang and produce zombie baby. You don't know that that's where it's going until she's in labor and then it comes out and gets in the radio, short circuits it. All kinds of mischief in the park with the baby carriage. Man, Peter Jackson used to be wacky. Yeah. Well, hopefully in The Hobbit there's a zombie baby. <laughs> also, uh, I remember in Adam's Family Values, it's kind of a boring baby, but at the very beginning, I think Morticia announces she's pregnant like right then. She goes, oh, when's when are you having it? She goes, now. And then she goes, and she doesn't have any anesthesia. That was kind of funny. That's least bad. That's the ninth least bad pregnancy in an Adams Family movie. Who played Morticia? Angelica Houston. Who played Wednesday? Christina Ricci. Who was who played Pugsley? Uh, do either one of those? Yes, I know it's a toss up. Except I think Christina Ricci might have been too inappropriately young to be hot. So I'm going to go with Angelica Houston. X-rated uh, smoking. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but that movie made her career, didn't it? Christina Ricci? Yeah. Didn't her Wednesday, like, get her... Is that true, actually? Like, it, it was, was that it's her... It's the first time we noticed her. It's the first time we went, wow, is that fucking hilarious little girl. <laughs> Remember the part in that movie where they try to make her smile? They make her watch a bunch of Disney movies in the cabin. They, like, exile her. And that movie rules. <laughs> the second one? First one's not that great. Second one's really good. Same plot, too, but they've made it better. Uh, who did play Pugsley, since you were trying to trick me there? Who was uh, that? Haley Joel Osmond. He had like a pillow under his seat. <laughs> <Still liar. laughs> uh, one of them that I thought of, it, and actually went back and watched for parts of it, uh, is Brick. But it's not really the reveal. Like the, the important part of Brick isn't necessarily the pregnancy. Like as you're watching Brick, and it like any good noir crime detective story – What's being investigated morphs over time, and at one point a pregnancy is thrown into it, but it's not really the reveal about it that's that's significant. Something happens later, so Brick didn't really qualify, but it's one that I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. How is it revealed in Terminator? Well, he she's not even pregnant. He just comes to her and says, "You're going to have John Connor," and she's like, "What are you talking about? I don't even I'm not even dating anyone. You're crazy." And then they hook up. And we just figured out, right? The time travel vortex is also give birth to a naked Arnie. <laughs> Another- but isn't there like the, the final shot when the little kid takes her picture? Isn't she holding her belly or something? Ah, uh, right. But I mean, yeah. Anytime in a movie a woman either vomits or touches her stomach, that means she's pregnant. Or refuses alcohol. Exactly. Or to, Yeah, right. Or refuses to smoke. Actually, nobody smokes in movies these days, so that one doesn't even count. Unless right, that's why they have to throw up now. That's right. The, <laughs> that's the new shorthand for she's pregnant. <laughs> uh, think, any other runners up for you? No, no. Nicotine withdrawal. <laughs> that's what they're vomiting from. <laughs> uh, we have fun. All right, Kelly, what is our three by three for next week? Oh, such a doozy. Oh, I sure envy you getting to hear me say this. Uh, three best senses of place. In movie. <laughs> We've never done that. That's oh, awesome. yeah, right. Uh, sorry. I I'm going to pick the eggs in Jurassic Park. Yes, uh, Tom <laughs> Bombadil and uh, uh, Paul Walker. And then also the woman's cooch in Species. Oh, Tom. 
<laughs> That's not a cuss word, is it? That's very that? sexist. No. <laughs> okay. Tom, this was a comic book movie. We probably have a lot of children listening. I doubt we have a lot of anything listening, but if we do, they're kids. Okay, what is our... Don't so put them through some sort of What I mean, will we be subjecting people to next week? I came up with one during the podcast, so that's how awesome it is. Three best uses of voiceover. <laughs> what? Really? All right, fuckers. You want me to change it? I'll change it. This is going to get worse. Dingus, haven't we done that one? Dingus is the arbiter of which ones we've done. Did we do that, Dingus? Pretty sure we've done that one. Uh, I'm away from my home computer, but I believe we did it during the Legend podcast. Because Legend... All right. Uh, did we do this one? Three least convincing screen couples. <laughs> oh, Kelly. Three best meals. Three worst podcasts topics. Oh. Okay, here we go. Three best uses of subtitles. That'll be a really fun one to research. <laughs> we all remember where we were when we read that on the screen. The list. Is that for real? Like I don't I don't know when to actually well, I think that's <laughs> write the first down what I you're think. picking. Is that is that really what you're picking for our three by three? If you are, that's cool. I just am not sure if that's what do you mean really cool. You mean cool in quotes? You mean good strange or bad strange? It's totally up to you. It's whatever you want to subject the podcast to, Kelly Wand. We, we subject. Are, that's right. Uh, yeah, I want to subject this to our thing there. Yeah. All right, so three best uses of subtitles. Wait, I better write this down. I'm going to forget. Three. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, join us next week for three best uses of subtitles for our three by three. And uh, credits don't count. What doesn't count? Credits. Credits don't count. All right. Uh, next week, we will see one of three movies. We are either going to see Bridesmaids. Yeah. Starring Christian Wiig, who's adorable. And that redhead. Or we will see Priest mm. from the director of Legion. Oh. Reuniting him with Paul Bettany. Or we will see a movie called Hesher. Starring the star of Brick, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Directed by... One of the Australian fellows from the group that works as a sort of cooperative down there known as Blue Tongue. Racist. From that group came uh, the fellow who did Animal Kingdom. Hmm. Uh, and this guy, is uh, he directed a short called I Love Sarah Jane. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Uh, now, we couldn't all agree on one, so I'm just going to flip a coin Actually, I can't do that. Coin. Yeah, I don't have a three-sided coin. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I'm going to rule out Priest just because we don't want to see – we already did our 3D. term of service with Legend. Uh, with Legion, I mean. Um, so it's either Bridesmaids maybe... or, or Hesher. And I'm actually going to pick Hesher oh. just because uh, – yeah, just because I, I like the unknown quality. I have no idea what kind of movie it is. Don't know what it's about. Uh, Why and, do you hate women? And I want to encourage independent filmmaking. So there you go. As long as they're not women who made bridesmaids. So uh, join us for that next week. We will be uh, seeing and spoiling Hesher, and our three by three will be the three best uses of subtitles. Uh, there you go. Yay! Yeah, that'll be that'll be. Just an skip right to that. <laughs> uh, my name is Tom Chick. I have been joined by Christian Bukowski. I think. Uh, it's Christian Morosky, and I think we should put subtitles on this podcast that say my name. <laughs> and Kelly Wand.
Chris Heimdall works as a pregnancy object, according to Tom's hand. The hammering in Thor was done by professional carpenters in a closed wood shop. Please pound responsibly.